Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Spooky Gals, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings, to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina. And I'm Jasmine. Good evening. Well, late afternoon from Hong Kong. <laughs> Good morning from the UK. Hell yes. Oh, goodness me. I've had a day. Oh, I've no. had a day today, Katrina. What's it's happened? just been one of those those it's just one of those days where every little fucking thing <coughs> just gets on my nerves. Yeah. Every little thing that's happened today. I swear I just feel in Oh, I just jumped from zero to 100. I just, just, ah! There was this producer at work today. There was this producer at work who just wouldn't stop tapping his, so like he does this thing. I think it must be like a nervous tick or just mm. he's being a twat. But he like taps the table in like a rhythmic kind of beat. Mm. And it's like, you know, I'm a fucking drummer. Like, put that shit away. I don't want to listen to that when I'm trying to focus. Yeah. And it's so... Because you can't say anything. Because he's rather nice. But yeah. I want to snap his fingers off and eat them. <gasps> Katrina, I wish to eat his fingers. <laughs> I'm so incredibly, viscerally full of hatred for this stupid man and his spastic phalanges I swear to god can you not just say hey can you please stop doing that no because I am I'm terrified of them all not liking me. <laughs> Even though, like, he's he's like fairly My also baby. he's like fairly new to the team, yeah. and I'm just there, like, I'm just like trying so hard just to not listen to it. But even with my earphones in, and I wear like a massive headset, right, mm. in the office, um, even with that massive headset on, you can feel the drumming <laughs> on the table, fucking shaking yeah. it like a drum. It is the most irritating thing oh. and you know what never in my life have i wished there was a snake but you, i do now you wish you were a snake mm-hmm. why because snakes snakes hanging out with other snakes snakes don't have fingers to do that with oh <laughs> i had no That's idea what logic. you were getting at snakes don't have hands no fingers nothing <laughs> they just fucking you're all around in the dirt and you know what i can get beside that i'm sorry cassie if you're listening cassie hates snakes that went a totally different direction than i thought it was i love snakes i thought it was fairly self-explanatory i'm 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 not too fond of them we have some rather (gasps) terrifying oh no i love them you've seen the pictures of the snake that gets brought into my work every year called junior (laughs) yes i love it (laughs) i love him junior that's so funny. Junior, and then Mag- Magoo the lizard. Mag- I miss him so much. The, the look of pure joy on your face I right know, now while you talk gorgeous. about Magoo the lizard. Oh my god. Oh, Catty oh, love. Catty love it. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, so, so, so that was my <laughs> bastard day. Um, just dreaming about the way in which I would like chomp through the joints of this poor man's fingers um what about you lovely (laughs) (laughs) yeah all fine all fine just 
just had a Latin lecture at nine o'clock in the morning, which is very, very, very fun. Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah. So, for today's story, um, this is a really wild one. I hadn't heard of this. And although it it took place in the 80s, it sounds like it was from, like, the 1500s. Okay. Like, it's so weird. So, it's about a woman called Carol Compton, if that rings a bell to anyone. Only Bill Compton. <laughs> so, it's her, it's her very, very bizarre story. Okay. Um... My sources for this were soulask.com, supernaturaltendenciespodcast.com, scottishreview.net, anomalian.com, scotsman.com, creepyghoststories.com, mysteriousuniverse.org, medium.com, and weekinweird.com. Perfect. It seemed to be a real-life romantic fairy tale for 20-year-old Carol Compton, who had fallen desperately in love with a handsome Italian man and left her old life behind to move to Rome so they could be together. Carol was from Scotland and had met the dashing Marco Vitulano while he was working as a waiter in a hotel in her hometown of Ayr, and she quickly fell head over heels in love as the two began a whirlwind romance. When Marco told her that he needed to return to Italy to complete his mandatory military service, and asked if she would come with him, Carol gladly agreed, delighted to start a new life in a beautiful, exciting new country. In May 1982, Carol arrived in Italy, ready to embark on a new exhilarating life adventure, and enthusiastic for what the future held. Little did she know, however, that this dream new life would soon become a nightmare as she was flung into the centre of a series of bizarre paranormal events, accusations of witchcraft, black magic and attempted murder, and was eventually put on trial for her supposed crimes. So this is the 80s? The 80s, yes. Holy shit. It all started when Carol began looking for employment in order to support herself while Marco was away doing his military service. She found a job as a live-in nanny, working in the gorgeous home of the wealthy Ritchie family, in an exclusive area of Rome, where she cared for the family's two-year-old son, Emmanuel, and looked after the house while the parents were away on one of their frequent business trips. The job started well enough, but it wasn't long before bizarre occurrences began to happen within the Ritchie home. The first weird, although not necessarily paranormal thing to happen in the home, was that one of the family's many religious paintings allegedly fell off the wall just as Carol walked past it. Unfortunately for Carol, this was witnessed by the Ritchie's very religious and superstitious maid, Rosa who began to pray and insisted that Carol cross herself. Rosa suspected that there was something off about Carol, and she even confessed her fears to her employers, who probably didn't take the maid's concerns too seriously, but promised to reassess Carol's position when they returned from an upcoming family vacation. 
Carol went with the family on their holiday to the Italian Alps. But what should have been an incredible, relaxing trip quickly turned horrifying, and undoubtedly made the Ritchies start to believe the paranoid religious ramblings of their maid. Out of nowhere, and with no apparent explanation, a fire broke out on the second floor of the family's luxurious vacation home, which quickly consumed the entire building. Although incredibly distressing for the Ritchie family, the fire was assumed to be nothing but a tragic accident. When the family returned to their home in Rome, however, objects allegedly began moving by themselves, and another unexplained fire broke out in a rubbish bin. Luckily, this fire was extinguished before it could cause any damage, but the Ritchie's horror only increased when yet another mysterious fire broke out, this time in two-year-old Emmanuel's bedroom. While there was no evidence that Carol had anything to do with the fires, the Ritchie family were understandably suspicious and fearful for the safety of their son and themselves, and immediately terminated her employment. But, I mean, why would they blame her? Just because like, they were all on that trip. Maybe the boy did it. Well, she'd Maybe actually... Maybe he fucking did it. This is literally... She only lasted a week. So, three fires in a week. Maybe the boy really just didn't like her and was like, fuck this. Two-year-old. Setting everything on fire. Yeah. Okay. Kids can do the craziest things. <laughs> One time I looked away and tied my shoelace and a kid I was babysitting had crossed the fucking road and was petting a dog. <laughs> I mean, this was like on, this was on like Highgate Hill. It's a big road. <laughs> so, you know, I don't put it past the little shit for starting the fight. He could have done it. He could have. Could have done it easily. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long before Carol found a new job. This time as a nanny for another wealthy Italian family the Tonti family, who resided on the small, picturesque island of Elba in Tuscany. Much the same as with the Ritchie family, things began well for Carol within this new position. But, again, after only a few days, bizarre things began to occur around the Tonti home. Once more, religious paintings would apparently fall off the walls when Carol was around, and other religious items such as crucifixes, would be knocked to the floor, flung across the room, or found broken into pieces on the ground. A small fire also began on a mattress in one of the bedrooms, and the Tonti grandmother, who lived with the family, became convinced that Carol was practising black magic, and started calling her Strega, the Italian word for witch. This only seemed to make the paranormal activity in the Tonti residence even more extreme, as larger items such as furniture started moving on their own, electrical equipment including lights began malfunctioning, turning on and off at all hours of the day, and strange, unsettling noises such as thumping and scratching could be heard on the walls at night. The Tonti family were absolutely terrified, and apparently so was Carol. The activity eventually came to a head when, same as with the Ritchies, a fire began in the bedroom of the Tonti family's three-year-old daughter, Agnes. Thankfully, Agnes was unharmed, 
but the frightened family were now convinced Carol was to blame, and the grandmother especially accused her of using her demonic Strega powers to set the fires. <laughs> Why is it always like an old Italian nonna who's that like, I am the devil, the devil! <laughs> it is the Strega! <laughs> You would just pretend to be Italian to make yourself more credible. Yeah. <laughs> just like, no one can say that I'm wrong, okay? I'm an Italian old woman. I got this. We know our witches. The Tonti family called the police, and when they arrived, Carol was arrested on suspicion of arson and attempted murder. The media rapidly picked up the story, and unsurprisingly ran with the angle that Carol was the witch nanny that she possessed terrifying supernatural powers that she would use to torment her employers and their young children. The authorities were also able to link her to the fires at the Ritchie homes, which only made her seem guiltier in the eyes of the public, and turned the entire case into an even larger media circus. When interrogated by the police, Carol maintained her innocence and strongly denied any suggestions that she was a witch, claiming that she was just as confused and scared as anyone else by the strange activity and fires that seemed to follow her, if not more so. The authorities weren't convinced that she had nothing to do with the fires, however, and Carol was imprisoned for 16 months while awaiting trial. What the hell? I know. They had no evidence that she even did it. That's mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. God damn. The case even attracted the attention of Guy Leon Playfair, a parapsychologist famous for being one of the investigators of the Enfield poltergeist, Ooh. who offered to fly to Rome and help Carol fight the charges against her. But she declined fearing it would only fuel rumours of her involvement in the occult even further. The trial finally began in December 1983, in Livorno, Tuscany, and it proved to be every bit as outlandish and fantastical as the media had hyped it up to be. Mass hysteria truly seemed to take over, as press and public jostled for seats in the courtroom, brandishing crucifixes and amulets to ward off Carol's evil, demonic powers. The people in the gallery and jury were so terrified of Carol that she was actually brought into the courtroom in a locked iron cage. What? As it was the only way to contain her dark magic, and priests were on standby in case an exorcism was needed. All I'm imagining is like a police force. Yeah. But like of priests. She was she was literally like brought in by soldiers Jesus. as well. What kind of fucked up place is what the fuck? This poor I bet it is because she was just a heavy smoker, isn't mm. it? I bet that's it. I kept on falling asleep. Perhaps the most ridiculous moment of this already absurd trial came when the massive wooden doors of the courtroom were thrown open, and the captivated room watched as a tiny old woman, dressed all in black and holding a large wooden crucifix, slowly hobbled towards Carol while muttering under her breath. The old woman was Chiara Lobina, a notorious psychic and faith healer known throughout Italy, 
and she had come to perform an exorcism and rid Carol of her demons. She had even managed to shove her arm holding the crucifix through the iron bars of Carol's cage, thrusting it at the perplexed nanny, before someone finally intervened and restrained the old woman and escorted her out of the courtroom. The psychic told the press her reasoning, stating, The Scots girl and her mother are both possessed by an 18th century witch, but they are innocent and don't realise it. I didn't mean them any harm, but I just wanted to touch them both. (laughs) The entire ordeal came to a close on the 16th of December 1983, when the jury finally delivered their verdict. Carol was found not guilty of the attempted murder charge, but despite a total lack of concrete evidence, and the fact that many witnesses admitted that they had never actually seen Carol around any of the fires when they'd begun, she was found guilty of two counts of arson and one of fire-raising. She was sentenced to two and a half years in prison, but the sentence was suspended due to the time she'd already served, and she was allowed to go free. As soon as she was released, Carol left Italy and returned to the UK. And despite this traumatic experience, she went on to live a very peaceful life in Yorkshire, England, with her oil worker husband. Not Marco, who had left her when she was first arrested, but another man who had written letters to her while she was in prison, and their three children. There have been a number of theories about what actually occurred during Carol's stay in Italy, and many debates as to whether or not it truly was something paranormal. The most rational explanation for the fires would probably be faulty wiring, candles being left lit, or even cigarette butts having not been extinguished properly. There we go. But if that were the case, then why did they seem to always occur around Carol? Carol never faltered in professing her innocence, and many years later wrote a book called Superstition, the true story of the nanny they called a witch, in which she recounted the ordeal from her point of view. In the book, Carol herself even proposed a potential explanation for all of the bizarre phenomenon, a poltergeist. This idea was supported by parapsychologists, including the previously mentioned Guy Leon Playfair, as they believed it would explain the moving objects, unexplainable knocking and scratching noises, and even why the activity would always seem to worsen when the tension in the household increased. Another explanation proposed by parapsychologists is psychokinesis, that the stress of a new job in a new country, separated from her family and her boyfriend who was away for his military service, caused Carol to unwittingly manifest small fires and move objects using psychic energy. Evidence to support the theory that the origin of the fires was paranormal in nature actually came from the testimony of a senior fire officer who spoke during Carol's trial. He had said that the fire he investigated was very unusual, as the flames appeared to have travelled downwards whereas they would normally travel in the opposite direction from the bottom upwards, and that he had never seen anything like it in his 45 years experience on the job. The only explanation that he could think of for this 
was that the fires were created by an unknown source of intense heat, but not by a naked flame such as a lighter or match. So, are you convinced that Carol was really innocent? The victim of a malicious poltergeist, possessed by an evil spirit, or an unknowing psychic who accidentally channeled her emotions into a destructive force? Or do you think she played a more malicious role, tormenting the families she worked for out of boredom or spite? And what maybe began as a mischievous joke quickly escalated as her religious and superstitious employers, as well as many within wider Italian society, were tricked into thinking that her actions were serious paranormal phenomena. Even though we will probably never know for sure, the bizarre story of Carol Compton remains fascinating in its demonstration of how easily superstition and terror can still grip a modern, seemingly rational society. Well done! Yay, that was awesome! That was Did a you cool like one. it? Yeah, I, I, I thought loved it was it. really cool. I love things like that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like, honestly, to me, it does seem like she was, you know, a bit of a a bit of a smoker again it was the 80s people smoked all manner of things Mm. especially like the cigarette in the um the fire in the bed it's especially suggestive and in the bin you know i mean these are all places that i would chuck a cigarette not on my bed (laughs) but that's it's it's you know it would fit the pattern of a smoker in the kids room now that's something else as soon as one fire started though you'd be aware that You'd be like, oh shit, it was my fault. And then you'd be careful. Well, maybe she had some kind of psychiatric issue where she just didn't... Maybe she was clumsy. I don't know. And things were very, very flammable. You know, things were... <laughs> Everything was flammable. Fire. Even Everyone your flammable children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, everyone was a bit of a pyromaniac, I feel. Hmm. Loads of people back then were pirate. The eighties were a strange, strange time, and especially if you're living in like rural Italy or somewhere. I mean, mm. it's, it sounded rural, but but I mean, it was Rome, wasn't it? Yeah, Rome. City, so. But I, I can understand it on the small on on Elba, because that's just like mm, a tiny yeah. island. But yeah, in Rome. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I mean, it's it's relig it's religious culture. What can you say? Mm. I mean, I feel like. It's something which is so deep seated in in that culture that anything I feel like anything would have perturbed them, you know. Didn't people think that anyone who was ginger was a witch back in the day, you know? <laughs> not in the eighties. Not in the eighties, no. But in rural Italy, maybe. 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 I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um but I I feel like these kinds of stories there must be so much more to it like when you look yeah. into again like the files as you said and like yeah. i'm sure her book is quite interesting yeah i really want to read her um, book it's just it's so wild like i love it you could argue though that whatever she says in the book is not the truth if she would have a reason to kind of be covering something up and she's like oh yeah, yeah she's yeah, I was a poltergeist yeah compulsive mm. liar yeah, yeah well she she well might be i mean i'm sorry can we double back to how she had three children with one of her fans who was yeah. sending her mail to prison? That's pretty <laughs> fucked up. That's some Ted Bundy shit right there, okay? Because he did the exact same thing. Let's mm. not forget 
this woman is fitting into a pattern, right? Mm. And if she is just like, you know, a, a pyromaniac arsonist, cool. But she's also possibly lying about it and also teaching children how to light fires <laughs> and also marrying one of her stalkers who she met through prison. Mm. Um, what a weird lady. Yeah. But it makes for a good story. Yes, it does. Yeah. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening once again. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to have you back for next week's episode. Yes, please. Please come back. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygirlspodcasts at gmail.com. And also make sure to like and follow our Spooky Girls Facebook page, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Twitter, at SpookyGirlsPod, and on Instagram, at SpookyGirlsPodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygirls, and from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Why is it not going to work? Oh my god! Uh.